1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. Oh my gosh. I just got back to Johannesburg from Zambia and Botswana and Zimbabwe. They're all right there together. I took one 5-day trip and I've got three I've got three more countries on my passport. I'm not somebody who counts passport stamps. I'm more about the experience than just to say like, oh, I've been to a place and so it counts. I just thought it was a fun fact. But I just got back a couple hours ago. I specifically came back to Johannesburg on Friday because I like being here on weekends. Also because my mother is coming next week and she's staying with me. So I have to ready my condo for, for mother comfort and mother inspection. But it was a really great trip. You know, sometimes... And more or less, this hasn't really happened to me so much being in Africa. You know how sometimes you're really excited about a place or people told you great things about a place and you overhype it in your head and then you get there and you're like, oh, they were excited about this? It just doesn't live up to the hype. Victoria Falls is one of the best trips I've ever been on. Like It just it exceeded all expectations. Everyone told me how great it was and I was really excited. It was better than expected. And all the research that I did planning for this trip, I got there and they were like, oh, you wanna do like this insane wild thing that I didn't even know was possible? And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, It is great. I stayed at a great hotel. I would probably stay at the sister hotel to go back the next time, but I'm glad I stayed at the one that I did. Since I'm back, I can tell you, I stayed at Avani Resort. This place has been all over Instagram for the last year or so. The hotel is like a peach pink color, it's claim to fame is one, it's proximity to Victoria Falls. From my hotel room to the falls was maybe a seven minute walk, maybe, could be five. It was, it was a little warm, so I slowed it down. But if I was doing my New York pace, it would have been five. So it's really close to Victoria Falls. And if you stay at the hotel, you don't have to pay the entrance fee for the falls, at least on the Zambia side. And they've got giraffe, zebras monkeys, baboons, not deer, but an animal that looks really similar to a deer. Tons of those milling around the property. So I would wake up and stand on my balcony while I drink my coffee and a zebra would be eating grass like right below me, like two or three zebra just sort of grazing around. But anytime I walked outside, like there was always a zebra either hanging out by the restaurant or getting a drink of water from the pool. Or when I was walking from my hotel to the sister hotel, like I heard like a little rustling in the bushes and I was like, oh, it's probably some monkeys. And then like I looked over, it was like three zebra and they were so close that I I backed away. I have this all on video. I had my camera out the entire time. Cause like, you know, it's wild animals everywhere. But the sister hotel is the Royal Livingston and it's a more posh hotel. And it actually sits right on the river. So you can see the falls in the distance from the hotel property. You can't actually see the water going over the edge. Remember last episode, I talked about how the mist, it looks like smoke. But you can see the mist rising up in the air. It just looks like water and smoke. It's really, really beautiful. But that's their view all day. And you can see a beautiful sunset from there. Last night, I took a safari cruise from 4 to 6 and then a sunset cruise from 6 to 7 and then it took me back to the royal livingston and I had dinner there and watched the final part of the sunset all of it absolutely breathtaking but especially that last part of sunset at the hotel while I was having well sundowners it took my dinner a little longer to come so it was dark by then but it was all beautiful i took this safari cruise they took me around the river And we just like pulled up on an elephant. The captain was like, oh, an elephant. And then we just like pulled up like right to where the elephant was. Just an elephant hanging out in the water, eating some grass, living its best elephant life. Like, yeah, just just there. We pulled up on an elephant. And then we pulled up on some hippos. And then we had snacks and sundowners. By we, I mean me because it was the captain, the first mate, and me. My only criticism and this happens. This is not just Victoria Falls. This is anywhere. Excursions are are usually for a minimum party of two and it's just me. So my options were to either join bigger groups. I don't mind joining a person or two or even three, but once it gets beyond that, like that's too many people for me, my cruise was private. So pulled up on an elephant, pulled up on some hippos, and then went to a private island And they put out this little spread for me, some nice white wine, some vegetable samosas and some veggies and and some breads. It was really cute. So we hung out on the island and I got some great pictures and then got back on the boat, the little boat. And then the little boat pulled up to a bigger boat and they transferred me from the little boat to the bigger boat to do the sunset cruise, which was just breathtaking. We were going along the river and I just, I started having like an open conversation with God. You know, I like to talk to God out loud. Somehow I think the out loud part, like speaking the intention, not just thinking it, speaking it is is my preferred method of communication. I just had an open conversation with God and the boat was so loud. Nobody could hear me. It was so beautiful. And I was just like, I feel God is present. And so I was like, well, let's have a conversation. I mean, not that God's not always present, but like, it just, it just really felt so in that moment. It's a really great day. Really great trip. You know, usually on your vacation, like there's a couple good days, a couple okay days, might be a shit day. No, like 10s, 12s across the board. Every single day was a new adventure, but also really, really, really amazing. I love a good trip like that. I would actually consider, I said I probably wasn't going to do any more group trips. I'm doing the Thanksgiving trip this year in Ghana, and then I'm doing the Mother's Day trip That I spoke about previously in Ghana. But I said after that I was out the trip business. I'm a writer. That's what I do. But when I was in Zambia I was like yeah. I could do a trip here. Maybe I couldn't do a trip here. Maybe Davida could do a trip. Look at me plotting out business plans for Davida. I haven't even talked to Davida about it yet. But I was like yeah I think she should start doing trips to Zambia. It's dope. If you like nature and wildlife and long walks, because <laughs> I did a lot of walking, it'd be perfect for you. And also like if you're a thrill seeker, I'm not really that person. The helicopter ride is, is, is thrill as I go or riding a boat without a life jacket since I can't swim. Well, some might say hanging out with lions is thrill seeking, but you know, it's not like they don't do anything. They're just there. Lions are lazy as fuck. That's a whole separate story. They have other stuff. Like you can go whitewater rafting through the falls. You can go zip lining. You can bungee jump off of a bridge. There was something else this girl I met was telling me. What did she do? Oh, the lion walk. But it's not just the lion walk. There's something like a lion feeding. You're in a cage and there's meat and the lions are trying to attack to get to the meat. But you're like, you know, next to the meat or some crazy shit. And I was like, who does that? But it's a popular thing. It's like those people who go get in the shark cages. And then go underwater. The sharks come and bump the cage trying to get to them. That's some people's idea of a good vacation. I, that's not for me, but I'm not judging other people's thrills. Because a couple people were like, girl, you, you, get, you just in a little, a little Jeep with, with wide open windows hanging out with wild animals. Like, you think that's a good idea? And I'm like, I see your point. I see how that could be not so much problematic, but dangerous. I, I, I get it. But the pictures, though. Oh, my God. I've got this new lens for my camera. This is nerd shit, but I'm so excited about it. I bought it as my Christmas gift, but it's like this 200 to 500 millimeter lens. I told y'all I wanted to go on safari and shoot animal eyeballs and did that thing zooms in so far the hippo the pictures of hippos that I took the first set they were kind of far out with that lens like I was looking at the hippos like tonsils like I could see the ridges in the inside of its mouth like I could see how many teeth it was missing I was all up in hippo anatomy it was great like I took pictures of the lions It was raining when we first got to the safari. You could see the dampness of the lion's fur. You could tell that it was wet. It was amazing. You could see the lion's eyeballs. They have like these amazing like gold eyes. Oh, it was so amazing. I loved it. I obviously had a really good time. I could do a whole episode talking about the safari. I'm not going to. I know some folks tune in for the, what's Demetri up to now? Other folks are like, girl, if you don't get to the pop culture. I know, I know, I know. But like I said, my mother is coming next week. And I'm really excited. One, because my mother is coming. But also because there's a bunch of stuff that I've wanted to do in Johannesburg that I've been saving, holding. Because I didn't want to do it. And then when my mom comes, be bored and be like, oh, well, yeah, you could go do that. You know how like when people see a movie before you and they want to tell you like, like, like something happens in the movie. You're like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. Like you're not experiencing it together. I wanted certain things to be experienced together. I didn't want her to come and then like I'm bored because I already did it. I have a small bucket list of things that I want to do in Johannesburg and in Cape Town. I wonder if I could get my mother to go on a safari. She's kind of scary. Like she's one of those people that like shrieks in movies. I can't watch action flicks with her. I would never consider watching a thriller or a horror with my mother but even action flicks like it's just it's too much violence for her even black panther when chadwick was fighting every, whenever he got hit my mother would have a conniption what was the big marvel movie that came out after black panther with thanos and the infinity stones my mother yelped all through that movie i know she' gonna want to see creed i don't know who's gonna take her she's gonna have to go with my godmother because every time michael b jordan she thinks he is so cute Every time Michael B. Jordan gets punched, my mother would yell in the theater. I say all that to say, I don't know if she's ready for safari. I don't know if she could be that close to animals and like not freak out. And you can absolutely not have somebody shrieking and freaking out on safari. If you're calm, the animals are calm. If you get wild, the animals might get wild. We don't need wild animals getting wild. So we'll have to have a chat about that. Actually, I might have to make an executive decision on that. I don't think safari is a good idea for her. There's other stuff. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Speaking of Michael B. Jordan, last episode, was it last episode? I get so confused. I do the podcast. It's just like one long conversation to me. All the episodes run together in my head. But we talked at some point about the rollout for Creed and just how in sync everything has been. The personal publicists for Michael B. Jordan and for Jonathan Majors. And then obviously like the marketing team at Creed, like the whole team, like the stylists, the coordinators, the assistants, everyone is just on their A-game. Since I think it was last episode we spoke about this, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors are both on the cover of ESPN magazine. I just read, it's a really, really long article. And these are two people that I'm really interested in. And I'm very curious about this movie, which is getting great reviews. I think last time I said they were good reviews. Those are just people that I talked to who'd seen it. But I actually went and read like the critics reviews. People are raving about this film. And thank God it's good because they're spending a ton of money on promo. Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan on the cover of ESPN the magazine Really good article. He and Jonathan Majors have this really genuine friendship. The way they speak about each other, it just it makes me warm and fuzzy inside. And also Ryan Coogler, Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan also have a little bromance thing happening. That's very beautiful to watch. These people really genuinely like each other. You hear the sirens in the background. Feel like I'm back in New York. Feels like home. But they genuinely like each other, and I love that synergy for them. I'm really excited to see Creed Three. Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, two men that are always called by their first and last name together. They have such a beautiful friendship. I want to see how, they, how they're able to act their asses off to be rivals in this upcoming Creed film. I totally am not going to read this ESPN article to you because um, it's long, long, But I will note a couple things about it. Michael B. Jordan is referred to as the king of Hollywood. Which I was like, that's a big title. And then Jonathan Majors is referred to as the ascendant star. Did you know that Jonathan Majors is only 33? My friend sent that to me the other day and she was like, "He's, he's baby. Jonathan Majors is on a red carpet And someone asked him about like all the controversy about that ebony cover and people questioning his masculinity. And he said, you know, unless you were born and he listed his birth date, I don't remember the month and the day, but he said 1989. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. He's a baby. He's 33. I had no idea. I thought and i'm not trying to say he looks old i'm not trying to say he's like you know looking city miles on his life and i'm not being funny when i say that i'm i'm genuinely saying i'm not being sarcastic and trying to criticize him but the way he carries himself i thought he was in his late 30s easy and there's nothing wrong with that i just thought that's that's where he was also and just seeing the images of him and michael b jordan and the way that they just interact with each other. He seems to me to give big brother energy and Michael B. Jordan gives little brother energy. And and again, energy is energy. It's not a sign to an age, but I just would have assumed that he was the older one, more experienced, more mature, whatever. Maybe because he's a dad, but also I know some dads that are really immature. The man is just mature. That's all I'm trying to say. But yeah, I was shocked. I had no idea he was 33. But this article, if you're interested in Creed 3, if you're kind of like nerding out about this film coming out, it's a really, really great read. Everything from from the transformation of their bodies to establishing the emotional conflict of the characters, where the inspiration from it was drawn from, the way Michael B. Jordan relates to the role and the themes of the film, all of that. I did think it was worth noting that Sylvester Stallone is not a part of this one. I think i read that a really long time ago. Sylvester Stallone isn't a big fan of, I won't say the movie Creed three, but he didn't like the idea of the script. He had an issue with Jonathan Major's character and that it comes from trauma and anger. He didn't like that that emotion was driving the character. But I remember an interview from a while ago where he said he, he wasn't a part of the film and wasn't really feeling it. And I was like, oh, because at the time that I read the quote and I was like, oh, is, is there something wrong with the film? Is Michael B. Jordan not on it as a director? Like, what's the issue? And then it came out that it was like he didn't like the, the emotion of, of um, the antagonist. And I was like, oh, all right. So I think he's a producer on the film. But this is the first Rocky film. And there have been, is it seven, nine? I don't know. It's a lot of them, but this is the first one that Sylvester Stallone will not appear in. But even in this article, like the fact that Sylvester Stallone is not in it and Rocky is his brainchild. And he's had some other legal issues with the Rocky franchise over the years. So there's there's a lot at play there. But even in this article, like they asked Jonathan Majors about Rocky not participating. He refers to him as like Mr. Stallone. It, it's a very small thing, but I just thought it was just a nice way to make sure that when Sylvester Stallone reads this article, which he inevitably will, or someone calls and tells him about it, that he was spoken of with respect. It was just—it's a really good read, long read, even for me, who like is obsessed with this film and loves both these characters. And still, I was like, how much more? Like, I scrolled down to see how much more I had to go, and then scrolled back up. I still didn't finish the article. It was—it was that long, and I'm a reader. It was long. Something else happened. Jonathan Majors was on Tamron Hall. A couple people DM'd me and was like, Jonathan Majors is on Tamron. And I was like, I can't get Tamron here. I got to find the clips online. I can't get Tam Tam here. But somebody did send me the clips. where they sat down and they had a little chat. And then they changed clothes. And then he and Tamron were like boxing. Well, more like Tam was boxing and he was like the instructor. She was like fucking it up. She wasn't just doing like cute punches like, oh, I'm a TV host and I got a full face of makeup and my hair is laid and nah, like she was, she was like punching. Don't fuck with Tam Tam. Uh, But it's a really cute segment. I just need to like see the whole thing. I'm, I'm totally obsessed with Jonathan Majors. And then there was something else. Michael B. Jordan just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I mean, these are things that people pay for. But it's just notable to me that, you know, the week that Creed is released, now you get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And who presents it to you other than Jonathan Majors? I'm like, did you know him? Like, more than two years? Clearly, they're very close. I don't think their friendship is manufactured. I don't think that this bromance that's going on with them is manufactured just for the film. I think they worked on the film together and became very close. I saw someone write yesterday that Chadwick Boseman sent this friendship. Oh, God. I can't even talk about him without tearing up. The Chadwick Boseman sent this friendship to Michael B. Jordan to make sure he was okay without him. And I was like, "Oh." But Jonathan Majors did the speech, I guess the presentation, if you will, to Michael B. Jordan for his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Just like, I love this bromance. I love it. I'd, I'd like to see more. I think it's precious. But I was like, yo, the rollout for this film is just levels of brilliance, levels of brilliance.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i . c o m
1: what else is going on oh speaking of Tamron Hall Tamron had Laura Pippen ex-wife of Scotty Pippen with whom they share four children I believe like three of the children are grown and like there's a the youngest child is 14, 16 somewhere in there, a mid-teenager. But Laura Pippen is dating Marcus Jordan, son of Michael Jordan, who was obviously Scotty Pippen's teammate on the Bulls for years. So Laura is 48. Marcus is 32. They've been dating for a while. I couldn't find an exact um, number on how long they've been dating. There have been rumors swirling for about two years. But for the longest of time, Laura Pippen was like, oh, we're just friends. We're just friends. We're just friends. We're just friends. And people were really outraged because they were like, how are you going to do your ex-husband like that? And it's just weird because you know clearly you would have hung out with Michael Jordan as Scotty Pippen's wife and now you're hanging out with Michael Jordan's son like that's just weird so she cleared it up on the show and was like actually we didn't hang out with the Jordans like that now that I'm you know dating Marcus that that they've spent holidays with the family and she's getting to know Marcus's parents and such but she was like no like when I was married to Scotty like no we didn't hang out with them like that so the weirdness that people might think would exist it doesn't there was something else she said. I guess Tamron asked her about the age difference. I didn't see this clip. I read a recap of it on People. She asked her about the age difference. She said that that Scotty was almost 10 years older than her. And she said she's dated like a range of people. And she was like, you know, people are mature. We just talked about this with like Jonathan Majors. People are mature. People are immature. It's not based on age. But she says that she and Marcus are having a great time. They enjoy each other. They spend holidays together. So clearly they're a serious couple. Like 16 years is a big age gap. And I think if we were talking about somebody who was in his 20s, I'd be like, come on, lady, that's a child. Come on, come on. I'm 43. I wouldn't even date a 27-year-old. I actually went on a date with a 27-year-old when I was, I guess I was 41. I felt like I needed to give him guidance about his life. Like I just, I was like, I, I can't do this. I know. To be quite honest, The idea of older men dating young women is usually that the young women make them feel young again. They get a little bit of their youth back. It's almost like they're sucking the youth out of the younger person. When I was on the date with him, I just felt old. Like he was a sugar baby and I was his sugar mama, even though he never asked me for shit. Um, But still, I was just like, "Mm, mm, I can't go this young. That said, if Marcus was in his 20s, I would probably think this was a red flag, but he's 32 years old. It's alleged that they started dating like two years ago, but they just are now kind of being more public about it. And it's not like they were posting pictures all over the place. People saw them together and started asking. There was a picture circulating of them being affectionate. I think they might have been like, you know, sharing a kiss or something. And that's when people realized like, oh, it is more than what she's letting on. But it's not like they were, you know, plastering it all over social media or something. But he's 32. He's a grown ass man. I don't feel like this is a situation where like a, a very young, naive boy is being taken advantage of by this old cougar or, or anything like that. Like, I think they genuinely just might like each other. It's not like she grew up with him as a kid and she's like been grooming him all these years. She said they met four years ago um, and they, they clicked. He's an attractive man. She's an attractive woman. It, it's not far fetched to me. I, I don't think I would like it if my 32-year-old son was dating a 48-year-old woman. But also, he's 32. What am I to say? Hey, grown-ass man. And she's a grown-ass woman. They're consenting adults. I'm not really the biggest fan of big age gaps, but, you know. If you're going to do it, please be in your 30s. Have a little life experience. You still don't really know what you're getting into dating somebody 10 years older. But, you know, you have a better idea at least. I don't think I could date 32. When I hang out with my cousin who's 30 and her friends, generally I go around the world and I don't really think about my age at all. I don't know exactly what 43 or in your 40s is supposed to feel like. like then when I hang out with my cousin, like a little sister, um, she's 30. Her friends are like 29, 31. And when I hang out with them, I feel old as fuck. I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not 30 anymore. No, and don't want to be. She and her friends are exactly where they're supposed to be in life. Like, they're actually ahead of the game, I think. But when I hang out with them, I'm just like, yeah, that's that's the big age difference. If they're happy, who am I to judge? Are you happy? Are you of age? Are you consenting? Kanye is back at Adidas. I talked about this last episode when I recorded. I, it was so late when I turned that episode in. I don't remember what I cut and what I kept. And I'm not the biggest Kanye fan, so I won't spend a lot of time on it. I just thought it was interesting. I have I have weird thoughts on this, Right. I think Kanye is awful. I think Kanye needs to take his meds. I actually am glad that Adidas parted ways with him because the crazy shit that Kanye was saying, once he was talking about, like, well, you know, Hitler had good points. Like, what? What? He he went too damn far with it. Adidas needed to drop him. It, it needed to happen. Otherwise, Adidas looks crazy continuing to associate with him. Adidas had... I keep reading these articles. It's somewhere between 500 million and 1.5 billion worth of merchandise of Kanye's or yay called a man by his rightful name. I don't like him. I don't want to be disrespectful to him. Like I'm a big, my name is my name person. Yay, Adidas can't sell the shoes once they ended the contract with him. I guess when they, when they ended everything, they were like, you know, fuck that. We'll take the L. I'm sure there were some, some shareholder conversations that was like, nah, 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 nah. We don't we don't like anti-Semitism, but we also don't like losing between 500 million and 1.5 billion. Figure it out. I think Kanye's a dick. I'm still angry at Kanye, but there's there's a there's a smidgen part of me that wants that black man to get his money. I would love to know what the conversation was when he got a call from somebody at Adidas and was like, "Hey, so about these Yeezys, we need you to come back, huh? Huh?" Because infamously, like Kanye West was supposed to be worth like $2 billion and then Adidas bails, his net worth dropped by over a billion overnight. You fired me, now you need me to come back? Yesterday's price <laughs> is not today's price. I wonder, what, I wonder what that agreement is. I kept searching on the internet to see if there were any details about, about, about with this, um, this reconciliation. I, I, I wonder what the details are. I wonder how much he got paid. Kanye being Kanye with Kanye's ego. Kanye being Kanye with Kanye's ego. You'd have to make me a billionaire again to come back. You want me to come back after you publicly fired me? And Kanye was saying all the time, like, I'm being persecuted. I'm being wrong. They're trying to cancel me. I'm a martyr. He went real victim mode. Like, he wasn't out here saying crazy shit on camera. You can't even be like, oh, they misquoted me. Like, no, we saw the whole interview. Like, sir. Sir. Sir, you said wild shit on multiple occasions. We gave you passes early on. We were like, "Oh, well, that's Kanye." You know, Kanye be saying Kanye, Kanye be extra, Kanye, Kanye just be doing Kanye. He don't mean no, 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 no. Like I said, I think Adidas should have dropped him, but now Adidas came back. I want to know what check they cut. Cut the check. I want to know how much the check was. How much you think it was? If it was, if he didn't put him back as billionaire status, I wouldn't be worth it to me. If I can't be a billionaire, fuck it. We can all suffer. But see, that's my ego. Because that's the shit I would say. And then my manager and my lawyer would be like, if you don't shut the fuck up, take that goddamn money. They offering 500 million. We're going to take that shit. Does everybody want their percentage? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Last but not least, and this is, I think, good black news. We didn't really have a formal good black news segment this episode. But... Tomorrow, Saturday, March 4th. Um, We talked about this when the announcement came out, but that was a while ago. Chris Rock has a live comedy special that is airing on Netflix worldwide. It's called Selective Outrage. It's Chris Rock and Leslie Jones and Arsenio Hall and Dion Cole, who I'm kind of obsessed with, J.B. Smooth, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. These are all the people that are listed on this flyer that I'm looking at. It's co-hosted by Dana Carvey and David Spade. I want to say this again. Chris Rock is going live on Netflix. There's got to be a delay. I mean, and not because of the profanity, just because Chris Rock is liable to say any fucking thing. He's been on tour since literally like two or three days after the incident at the Oscars. And from reports from people who have attended the show, including journalists. He's taken some some jabs at Will Smith. But this is the first time that he's doing a big stand-up. And actually, this is the first time that, that Netflix is, is doing a live event. Chris Rock has a global audience tomorrow night. It's about a year after the Oscars, a little over a year. I think that happened last February, late February, early March, so like a year ago, like right now. I will be tuned in, I think. They said live coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. What time is that for me? I'm seven hours ahead. Oh, no, that's 4.30 in the morning. Oh, no, I'm going to have to catch the re-air of that. I won't be up at 4.30 in the morning. Not even for Chris Rock Live. But I'm very, very curious to see how this goes. I'm, I'm shocked that Netflix is allowing this. I'm not mad that Chris Rock asked. I'm happy for the team that they got it done, but I'm shocked, genuinely shocked that Netflix is doing this. Chris Rock is a live wire. The reason that Will Smith got redeemed so quickly is because Chris Rock couldn't shut the fuck up. He made a joke about, I want to say the Oscars asked him to host this year. He made a joke about Nicole Simpson, OJ's ex-wife. And everybody was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, who the fuck says that? And then everybody went from like, poor Chris Rock got slapped at the Oscars, that's so terrible, to like, fuck Chris Rock, that's why Will Smith slapped your ass. And then literally, literally within three weeks, that Emancipation film that Apple had been sitting on forever, the Will Smith film. They had shelved it for a while until the whole thing blew over, until the public felt good about Will Smith again. And Chris Rock said that dumb shit. Three weeks later, Emancipation had a date. Chris Rock puts his foot in his mouth a lot. I mean, part of that is the nature of being a comedian. Sometimes he just goes too far. Like the Nicole Brown Simpson thing. Like if you really wanted to stick it to Will Smith, like he should have just walked around being like a model citizen. Chris Rock was for, forgiven for all the other shit that people have been mad at Chris Rock about before. Cause they were like, nobody deserves that. He took the slap. He didn't fight back. He continued on with the show. People were like class act professional to the point they asked him to host the Oscars again. And then he went and said, that Nicole Brown Simpson shit, he won't be, he won't be asked back. Will Smith will be back at the Oscars before Chris Rock is asked to host again, if ever. Let's see what he says tomorrow. I won't be watching it live, but I'll catch it on Sunday. All right, that's not everything, but that's the episode for this week. I feel like I'm missing some really big story, but I can't figure out what it is. Like I was like, scroll through my phone to see what I screenshotted and what notes I took. But I can't find anything that's, like, stand out. Shakira Khan had wild shit to say. Rolling Stone made a list of, like, the best singers of all time, um, and the list was just fucked up. So Shaka Khan called out some things about it. She's always calling something out, though. Chris C.C. Wynum said some crazy shit out of the blue. I mean, I guess somebody asked her about it, so she answered the question. Then she said something about Whitney Houston, and she didn't participate in I'm Every Woman because the, because there's a line in there that says something about, I'll ca- I can cast a spell. And I was like, are, are you kidding me? And so she was like, yeah, as a Christian. And I was like, oh, here we go. Sure, whatever. Yeah, that's, um, mm. We could talk about that, but it's really not that interesting to me. Oh, Tim Norman from Sweetie Pies. He really killed his nephew. I remember he was accused of it, but I don't think I ever realized there was a verdict to that. But he was recently sentenced to life in federal prison for murder for hire against his nephew. So apparently he took out a life insurance policy on the nephew for $450,000 and then had him killed to collect the insurance money. That's kind of like your kid. I mean, not your kid, but that's like your kid. And it's it's a family child. Even though the nephew was an adult, but that's like a family kid. And you had him killed? For 450000 you couldn't have made that selling T-shirts or doing a franchise or the business or something. You couldn't come up with no harebrained scheme to, to get that money. You have a whole TV show. You have a whole TV show and a recognizable brand. You couldn't figure out how to make a good bag real quick. Killing your nephew, nigga. Killing anybody. One. But your nephew? And for four hundred and fifty. Where he was in terms of star power and being on the show, he could have made that money. But he's he's going to jail. for, But he's going to federal prison. Life in federal prison. Which, nigga, you killed your nephew. Like, that's crazy. I hate to end on that note, but that's where we are. My prayers go out to the family. That's just a horrible, horrible thing. I'm reading this now on People.com. I didn't realize he was found guilty last September. I just moved to Ghana. That's probably why I missed it. I didn't realize he was found guilty, but he's just been sentenced. And the nephew was 20 years old. He's a baby. That's some cold-blooded shit. I hate to end on that note, but that's where we are today. We'll be back on Tuesday. Um, hopefully you get to see Creed this weekend. This I hope I get to see Creed this weekend. It's high on my list of things to do. I got to get this house in order and everything prepared for mom to come. Um, But hopefully I get a chance to get to the movies because I really, 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 really want to see this movie. So have a great weekend and we'll talk next week. All right. Bye.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a n g i . c o m. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com/amazing to start your springtime adventure.